Ladies, gentlemen, Thermians, and fellow Questerians, welcome to the only podcast celebrating the 1999 epic space adventure comedy, Galaxy Quest. I'm RJ. I'm Austin. I'm Alex. And we're three grown-ass men just talking about Galaxy Quest. On today's episode, we bring you exclusive breaking news on the Galaxy Quest TV show and a sci-fi wrap-up. You're listening to By Grabthar's Hammer, What a Podcast. Let's do it! Never, Never give up! Never Never By Grabthar's Hammer. What a podcast. And we are back after a very long break, ladies and gentlemen. We have missed you. I hope you're ready for an 18-hour episode. Because we got a lot to talk about. We've been away, and things have been happening. For those of you just tuning in for the very first time, by Grabthar's Hammer, what a podcast is dedicated specifically to a little movie called Demolition Man. Speed. Free Jack. <laughs> Free Jack. Uh, it's Galaxy Quest, you dummies. Galaxy Quest. And by God, we're back and hotter than ever because we've got some big stuff to talk about. Good God. It's important to point out, though, whether you've seen Galaxy Quest, the movie, or not, you're going to find something enjoyable about this podcast, right? Yeah. Surely. If uh, it, yeah. What? Yeah. Depends on what you're looking for. I mean, it depends on what kind of vibe. It's a weird one if you haven't seen the movie, but, you know, we're not just going to talk about Galaxy Quest, but, but mostly, mostly. Yeah. Well, this is going to start off <clears throat> by... Uh, Reaching it out an apology to my fellow uh, podcast questarians here, the Alex and RJ. Uh, we were actually recorded an episode. We were going to be back a lot sooner than what we have, what we are. But well, let's do a quick recap. When was our last episode? Oh man, I couldn't even tell you. Uh, the last I, time I really literally. Oh no, I do. It's February. It was February two thousand seven. It was our side quest with oh, Marielle yes, about the Oscars. Yes, that, that was a great episode. One of my favorites. Real fun episode. Really got a case of the uh, giggles. In take that a one. listen to that one. <laughs> Heavy non Galaxy Quest talk. Yeah, a lot, a lot of Oscar talking. If you one. like our podcast. But don't like to talk about Galaxy Quest. Tune you'll, in the last you'll episode. Love that episode. That's a good one. That we just talk about films in general. But then we were going to be back a lot sooner than that. We actually recorded an episode. It's real good. Possibly the best episode. Probably the we'd best ever episode recorded. we've it ever recorded. Real solid. Uh, and then I deleted it. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not by choice. It was a pure accident, and I did feel real bad about it. But it took us another couple months to really get back on that horse and re-record it. it was so here the, we are. The loss of that podcast was so devastating that we just almost, we've only now recovered. <laughs> yeah, we've yeah. only now recovered two months later. But yeah. the good news about uh, waiting this long to redo it is now we have even more news to talk about Galaxy Quest and even more just kind of overall sci-fi uh, happenings in the past year or two that we get to catch up to everyone on. Yeah, that's right. We are back with a renewed energy and more focus than ever before. Mm-hmm. But why did we why did we make it such an urgent decision to record that last podcast? So what I, brought us I together, RJ? That was the news broke that Paul Shear was hired by Amazon to essentially write and develop a Galaxy Quest TV series that they had announced that was in development like a year ago, and there had been zero movement after the death of Alan Rickman. True. So this was like the first scrap of <laughs> Galaxy Quest news. Uh, don't worry, I got a Google alert set up, and it's usually worthless. Uh, so Paul Shear was hired to write and develop Galaxy Quest TV. So it's been a while, but a quick recap on the timeline here. 1999, Galaxy Quest, the film, comes out. Smash hit. Out of the gate. 
Is it? Uh, nah, it was a slow burn. Smash hit over several subsequent it, you know, years. I and, remember looking this up, following. and it's in a previous episode. They did do just fine at the box office. It, it was fine. It, it, it made wasn't a, like your fucking $220 million opening for The Last Jedi this weekend, but... It did they, okay. They made double, like double their budget. I it, think. Th- yeah, I think they were pleased with the results. It but did just it fine. Definitely but has garnered much more of a bigger yeah. kind of cult following at this point. Yeah, Galaxy Quest bigger than we even knew. Yeah, yeah, it did fine, but not well enough to warrant an immediate sequel. So it sat dormant for roughly what fifteen years, and then about a year and a half ago, word broke that Galaxy Quest, a TV show, was in development at Amazon Studios. It was going to be an online show. Those plans were put to a halt, sadly, when Alan Rickman passed away. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. So that was it. That was all we had heard about the Galaxy Quest TV show. For all we knew, it was it was dead in the water. And Tim Allen had even alluded to that in a couple interviews where he said... Sam Rockwell, too. Sam Rockwell. They yeah. was on track. The TV show was progressing. And then once Alan Rickman passed away, all those plans just kind of fell by the wayside. And it was, once again, dormant. Until August 17, 2017, huge news broke. Paul Shear of how did this get made fame of the league fame yeah, of the, the league, league fame. fame oh yeah he's probably yeah equally known for both but I, I think a lot of our friends know him from the guys league. we're on a podcast he's known for how did this that's get true. made that's yeah, true right. yeah if you're listening to this podcast this certainly is not your first podcast Paul we love your podcasts yeah. as well as yeah. your other work so Paul a renowned actor podcaster comedian was tapped. And just kind of sci-fi lover. Sci-fi right? nerd. Yeah, and we, I felt like it was easy to pick up on that, and uh, he, he got tapped right. And are we, we're excited, but he's excited. He seems genuinely stoked to be a part of Galaxy Quest, and as the head writer and showrunner, it sounds like. Yeah, and what's been? I hope he's in it too, yeah. honestly. And what's been nice about our uh, our last episode deletion is we've had more time for Paul Shear to talk about what he's going to do with it, his thoughts, his ideas where he sees it heading, how he sold it to Amazon, which I thought was pretty interesting, how he kind of approached it. His original statement on August 17, when the news broke, his original statement was, without giving much away, I don't think there has ever been a better time to continue the Galaxy Quest story with the explosion in popularity of sci-fi films in recent years. To be able to create and be a part of this world is just mind-blowing, and I'm approaching this truly as what I'd like to see as a fan. That's what was his original statement, but it was rather vague. It didn't say yeah. what Galaxy Quest would and, be about, the TV show. But I loved his that original statement talking about the popularity in sci-fi because it's absolutely true, and it's definitely the best time to bring a show like this back is because, yeah, sci-fi is hotter than ever, man. Hotter than ever. Hotter than ever. Okay, man. now, before we get too far going down that rabbit hole, I want to update you guys with something that you may not have seen. So after that original August 17 statement and the announcement that Paul Shear had come aboard for Galaxy mm-hmm. Quest, there have been a few other developments. And just as recent as last month in November, Paul Shear sat down with Slash Film and gave an update of where Galaxy Quest currently stands. Mm-hmm. This might be, once again, this is exclusive breaking exclusive news. Exclusive breaking news from November. From, from November, November 14. 14. Yeah. So, ladies and I gentlemen, you're hearing like it first. Oh, yeah, of over a month ago. You're hearing it first via... Slash film. Uh, Let's be honest, you didn't know about this, so yeah. you are hearing <laughs> exactly. it first here. There's a good chance that if you're listening to this, you probably haven't looked up this news, so we are the ones breaking it to you right now for all four listeners. And Austin and RJ, right now, I'm going to break some Just news to you. spreading the good word. I This is news to me, too. This is from last Mom, month. Mom, listen up. Paul Shear sat down with Slash Film and was asked about the development of the Galaxy Quest TV series. Here's what he had to say. Right now, I just handed in my first script to Amazon, so I'm in that zone. Yeah, we weren't CC'd on that. I'm excited about it. 
It's a bigger idea that's kind of morphed and changed a little bit. Not much. The thing I keep on saying about it without giving too much away, because it's going, going to be so long before people get to see it, I don't want people to get too burnt out on me telling you what it's about before it gets to that point. We're hanging on every word. But for me, it was really important to do service to a Galaxy Quest story that gives you everything that you want and indoctrinates people who have never seen Galaxy Quest, I'm sorry to those of you out there who haven't seen it, yeah. into what no. the fun of that world is. You know, that tropic thunder in Galaxy Quest world. And also to continue the story of our original characters and have consequences from the first film. I like that. I like that they're not just rebooting. That it's not. It's not a reboot. It's a continuation. continuation. Yeah. So it is mixing two casts. It's separate kind of adventure that adventures that kind of merge. And I'm looking at this first season not as episodic, but as a serialized story. So the only way I've been looking at it is using everything from the first movie and making the reasons for everything, not just I want to avoid anything that could be viewed as a reboot for reboot's sake. There are real reasons behind these choices. Maybe too much so. Ooh, too much reason. I love when they uh, <laughs> exact quotes and uh, articles like this, like, they even like get him stammering through stammering half a sentence and then switching ideas. Kind of like, stopping, guys, you can yeah. like, you know, you probably you fix can trim that. a little yeah. bit of this. Yeah, to those listening, that wasn't me stammering. That was me just doing justice to the original. Yeah, you were quote. Truth to uh, Paul Shear. You're, you're just like uh, uh, but Ron Burgundy reading that. Now this. Now can I keep on going from here? Because oh, there's more. Yes, yeah, so Alex is gonna go ahead and just read That's the so entire <laughs> three-page article on our podcast. That if you just I'm go to this website, you can read on your own. No, you're right. I, I very want. much want Alex to reread something I already read. Let's hear it. I really wanted to capture the difference between the original cast of Star Trek and the eight and the J.J. Abrams cast of Star Trek. I think that to me, I think that to me is my entry point. No, that was just you. Though. That, that was, was you. <laughs> that to me was a, a mis, misspoken. Sci-fi heroes are rock stars now. I think just by virtue of that switch in our environment, I'll make the story. It'll make the story feel a little bit more fresh. Dope. True. So that's exactly what you were just talking about, Austin. That the, you know, yeah. 1999 was yeah. a different era. Now sci-fi is huge. It's a people big deal. Accept this. Like he's talking about, people are way more accepting of going to space in movies and galactic travel and mm -hmm. you know species from different. What do you think planets? the turning point like was? Why, since 1999, has this become? Well, I mean, I will like say, comic, I mean, comic, comic, comic book, book movies? movies, comic book movies for sure. And then, you know, Star Wars has always been around. The prequels, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, were still huge films. Huge and deals too. So the fact that that idea of yeah, super galactic films has always been around. But definitely, I would say the comic Marvel book films com comic book movies. X Men in started in 2000, so right around the same time. You know, Galaxy Quest came out, and then and that was right. Blown up. The prequels too. Yeah, and I would say now more than ever with like Guardians. And yeah, did, Thor, well, and yeah, the whole Marvel and universe, Marvel is super and uh, space. Every company just throwing their weight behind superheroes or something yeah. that is more of a niche, like sci-fi fantasy vibe. Yeah. Where you know, even like DC, Marvel, like those are the yeah. those are the things you watch. True. The battles in the sc and then screens. And then Star Wars and Star Trek are still happening. Yeah. And, and then, then outside of that immediate nerddom, movie, a movie like Interstellar. Well, I was going to say, you still yeah, got Interstellar. You still got uh, the one with Sandra Bullock. Uh, Gravity. 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 I mean, you've got space movies have always existed, but I they're just much bigger tent poles now, I feel like. Interstellar is one of the biggest, you know, budget budgeted and making films in a while. And I, I see people that normally wouldn't have called themselves sci-fi fans or thought that they would go to a science fiction movie 
are more inclined probably to go now because yeah, it's just more accepting. Yeah, arrival. it's less. Yeah, it's less arrival. nerdy. It's more just accepted, and it's part yeah. of the. It's not a. Culture. It's not really a subculture anymore. It's yeah. just part of culture. I am a huge fan of him talking about his idea of breaking it into kind of two casts that he follows in his story. The old cast, which it sounds like he's going to treat like old school Star Trek cast, mm-hmm. and then he'll have a new cast that it follows that's more hip. I, you know, I'm just speculating, but I would assume maybe both are like a reboot within the show. It's like a reboot mm-hmm. Galaxy Quest cast. Yeah, the sh- this is not a reboot of Galaxy Quest, it, but in the in within the, the show, show they're exactly. rebooting. They would have the like show. a They'll young be cast, the next generation exactly. cast. It's yeah. like the young, the new Star Trek. It's like the Chris Pine cast, but then they intermingle with the old cast and some. If I had to guess, probably because aliens show up and they have to. You know, and the, the hardest thing about that, thing. Cool. my initial concern was trying to bring back that original cast, who at the time were already big stars, but since then they've all become even bigger. For you know, sure. Sam, Rock, Sam Rockwell, Tim Allen, Gordon Weaver, they've all, you know, they're all doing their own thing. It'd be hard to bring them back and commit to a TV show if they do full it in time. a full time, in a way, if they do it in a way that, like J.J. Abrams' Star Trek, where they're there to introduce. Yeah, and welcome in a younger cast, and then maybe they kind of get filtered out, or they yeah. go off on their own adventure. Maybe yeah, or I can see Tim Allen having not much going <laughs> on, just stick well, around and go and just do a full. Season God, God love him. This is yeah, Tim Allen, Last Man Standing, canceled. Oh, got canceled. That's right. Yeah, he's, he's looking for a show. He's looking for, for show. some. He's got some free time on his time. hands. And and I I would have, you know, Sam Rockwell's always been very fond of Galaxy Quest and talking about it, so I would definitely expect him to come back and at least I did just read a, uh, another article because he's promoting three billboards. Oh, yeah, yeah, And yeah. he just said, like, yeah, they're, you know, they're working on it and they're writing it and yeah. I'm still really stoked to be a part of it if yeah. I can. And A quick note about Last Man Standing getting canceled. Oh, yeah. That's also been, uh, that's been news since hey, our last mu- episode. Okay, hold up. How much of Last Man Standing have you guys watched? Uh, sadly, I've not seen an episode. <laughs> yeah, a single episode, RJ. Definitely no, not, not one. a single episode. All right, I've at least seen eight to ten. <laughs> oh, that's a, that's I started season one and just check it out. Just to check and then it. I was like, oh, yeah, it's like hooked. home improvement, and, but like different. And then I was well, like, out okay. of those eight, was that like you started it and you fell asleep on the couch and then Netflix just played eight in a row? Probably. So I don't know if that counts. Like, yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's, it's not for me. I think yeah. we were probably wildly misinformed on this. but It got canceled. How many seasons had there been? Jeez. And this was on I mean, ABC, correct? That, maybe like three or four. So, at least, maybe five. Probably more than you think. So after it was canceled, and it went, it was canceled while the ratings were pretty high, believe yeah. it or not. Um, Tim Allen afterwards went on a couple talk shows. I saw him. It may have been Norm McDonald's podcast. Uh, he may have gone on Fox News. He's a regular on the old Fox News network. He Fox kind of. Fox News and Norm McDonald. Yeah. That's the, yeah. That's the double whammy right there. He, Tim Allen, had kind of implied or alluded to he thought part of the reason it his show may have been canceled was because he's an open conservative in very liberal Hollywood, and he believed that he was not getting the support from the networks who maybe disagreed with his political views, so they not, just weren't going to bat for him. Not because of the fact that the show just probably wasn't that good. Possibly, you know. That's fair. But true. who are we to say? We haven't seen it. I haven't, haven't seen it. Yeah, it's true. It's, it wasn't very good. It definitely wasn't designed for probably us, that no. show. It's called Last Man Standing. I don't want to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that a, a Bruce Willis movie from the yeah, 90s? Yeah, it's like a gangster film. A gangster Bruce, film. Yeah. Last Man Standing. The, the cover had him. He would do uh, double pistols, I remember that. A lot of double pistols hat. in like yeah, gangster era. Yeah. Anyways. You brought up Sam Rockwell um, doing promo for three billboards yeah and that's where you know he had while he was making the rounds he's been asked a little bit about galaxy quest i saw three billboards sam rockwell's incredible mm-hmm. absolutely Man, incredible 
terrifying, terrifying, terrifying performance that then has like a good arc. I don't want to okay. say total redemption, but it's uh, it's very interesting. Uh, other things that we have kind of well, we did talk about in a deleted podcast, but we should probably at least touch on is in the vein of all the sci-fi elements that are going on right now and the popularity. There's we there's new Star Trek TV show. There's new Star Wars movies out. I mean, there's a whole lot of uh, sci-fi. Yesterday, this would have been Saturday, Austin, RJ, and I mm. a- attended a screening of The Last Jedi, Star Wars, at AMC Niles 16. Yeah. <laughs> we drove yeah, out Niles, to an IMAX that yeah. was close to a spa so that we could go to uh, have ourselves a little Spa Wars oh, Day. Yeah, mm-hmm. second annual Spa Wars spa Day. Spa Wars, you go see Star Wars, and then you go like, you go, soak you, in a tub. And then you talk about the movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Check it out. But real quick, I, I mean, I would feel bad if we didn't at least touch on it. Thoughts. Last Jedi. Throwing it out right now. Uh, skip forward. Spoiler alert. Star Wars. Last yeah. Jedi. I feel. I feel like we just have to bring it up because right now we're in the heat of the reviews. The critics' reviews. The audience reviews are coming in hot on Last Jedi. Just came out. It's the hottest thing. Consider yourselves warned. Spoilers ahead. Uh, there's a lot to d- digest with the film, and there's a lot of backlash. There's a lot of good positive feelings towards it. What's everyone's thoughts? All right. Miss- here's my hot take. I really loved it. I enjoyed the shit out of it. I thought. There's so many good moments and super fun things I could dig in on. I'm very confused about how it's splitting the Star Wars fan base in half. Like people yeah. love it or hate it. I'm like, I walked out of that movie going like, there's no way to hate this movie. Like, what is? I don't understand the Star Wars fans' problem with this movie. It was the most Star Wars smart, cool. They had all the like cutesy jokes for kids and toys, but mm-hmm. also like really fun, cool, emotional, dark, weird shit. Yeah, it's weird to see that the. The fandom reaction is that they love The Forest Awakens, hate this one. I don't understand yeah. that. It's very, to me, they go hand in hand. This, to me, is. And they're a, very similar. To, very I similar. Uh, di- different in the sense of what Ryan Johnson was able to fit into this one story. Yeah. A lot of plot. He put a lot, a lot of plot, of a lot there. of development that I, I guess is pissing people off, which doesn't like, make is sense it, to me. Is it just too much? story like is it I'm not one, dumb enough yeah i think that's the like star I'm like a new hope is just like much. here's life okay we need to go to alderaan okay we need to go here yeah okay we need to go here and they have like two sentences about why they're doing things like yeah the empire's bad let's but, go blow up their yeah, death star it's, it's very okay. mission driven like yeah here's what it's we like a vi- it's like video game text like exactly all right you need to head just to the west to until you reach the waypoint push the story along whereas yeah. the new one last jedi has so much feeling and emotional levels of explaining like the force and the connections between the characters and where ultimately they're probably going to be heading and i think it did a lot of what you expect or when you expect something it kind of pulled the rug out from under you like with leia's death Mm, not death slash quote unquote death you know ray's parents who snoke is people get pissed off about them not explaining everything in the like part two of three, well, I was confused by this because I, you know, obviously and we, did, even, we all did a good job of avoiding all the trailers. We did. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. you, I hope you did the same thing, and you might be impressed with this. Since the first trailer came out, we've the been covering our eyes and plugging our ears during every trailer and have avoided every movie all spoilers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was gonna say it's not even just Star Wars. It's hey, now it's a new, everything, new yeah. hot tip for all those film film lovers out there. Try avoiding all trailers for a movie that you're stoked on because it's really hard. It's very, me. very difficult, but the reward is totally worth it. Because going into a movie having no idea what the imagery is going to look like, who's really even in it, 
it's great. There's yeah. the, the, that, I, it's classic surprise. It worked really like well for this. Uh, I'm really glad we also did it for Blade Runner 2049. Yeah, oh for Blade Runner, um, yes. I, I did oh, that man. for. That was also deleted in our last episode. Oh, we yeah, did we discuss Blade, Blade Runner. Runner. Blade we were Runner was awesome. Space. We were talking about space, and we didn't even mention Blade Runner oh, 2049. Because we that's talked about like two <laughs> months ago. <laughs> that's true. Oh man, I want to talk. I had also I had covered my eyes and plugged my ears for Shape of Water, the Shape of Water. Oh, I've seen. And avoided everything. Uh, and it was a nice surprise not knowing. Oh, you guys saw that movie too. We did go see it. a couple it. nights ago. Yeah, it's cool. really good. That's another great really example touching. of uh, where pop culture cinema is at right now because that's a weird fucking idea. It's a very weird, weird not, film. If it came out in 2000, it's it getting would have widely not accepted. Even, exactly. It's getting like award. It is. It's award. It got nominated for a Golden Globe Golden Best Globes, Picture. Yeah, that's crazy. Which is I great. Can't wait I, to see I, it. I love that we're now embracing crazy films like that. But yeah, just to wrap up Star Wars, we're very stoked. Uh, if you're not a fan of it, I would we would love to hear your thoughts why? about it and why. I want to know why. We're open for discussion. I would love to really dive into someone's opposite opinions of mine on the film. Yeah, but. do a deep dive. Really go at it and explain your reasoning behind it. Because we yeah, could go into it more, but this is a Galaxy Quest podcast, and we just don't have time to talk I about liked, Star Wars. Yet. I liked that it made you think, man. Luke's battle at the end, I was like, that lightsaber was just broken. Why isn't his feet making red marks? Yeah. But I didn't put it together. There's a lot to there's a lot to take in. Uh, last thing about it, though, is just that I'm very, very excited for Ryan Johnson to now have the Funding and control to not only continue his Star Wars legacy, which he is with the new announced the new trilogy, trilogy he's going to be doing, given, yeah. but beyond that, he is he's set for life. He's set for life as a filmmaker, which I, which we all deeply respect and trust. That man will never need a dime. And I, I'm. This is definitely uh, one of my favorite podcasts. Blank check with Griffin and David. He's a fucking. That was his movie. He did it. Yeah. He yeah. did episode eight. That was his blank check movie. I. It's you know whether the fans. Are split or not, it made two hundred twenty million in like yeah. two days. Yeah, like hi, I'm Ryan Johnson. I want to make a movie. They're like, here's all our money. Exactly. He will he will be able to do whatever he wants, which gets me excited because which like, is another Star Wars trilogy. Exactly. Yeah, but it's so much like a Nolan vibe where we we also really like Christopher Nolan. He's to the point in his career where he can just do whatever he wants, get all the funding, and makes epic original film. Which I do. I'm a little worried that Ryan Johnson is going to be so bombarded with Star Wars now for the next ten years that it's going to be a very I, long time. I am excited content, to see his original idea for the Star Wars universe because yeah, that's that, what they pitched that trilogy as. Yeah. It's like this isn't a Skywalker thing. It's just it's like Star Wars universe. So like there'll and be droids, whatever and you want to do. Yeah. Oh. Uh, uh, the flip side to being worried about him being completely immersed in the Star Wars universe, and not being able to focus on other projects. Christopher Nolan, I remember when he signed on for Batman and then announced he was going to do Dark Knight. It was kind of like, oh no. He's going to be only doing Batman yeah. for well, the he, next... But he, when he signed on, I, re I recently read an interview with Christopher Nolan talking about why, why DC is failing at what he mm -hmm. did successfully. And he said, it's because I had time when I went in, I told them, if I'm going to continue making these movies, I want to make my own movies in, in between. between. That's like incredible. He, he, yeah. said, he laid that out from the get-go, is I'm going to be yeah. making movies in between, and it gave him time to do it right. And that's why his trilogy is. It's not like, hey, so we announced Justice standard. League's coming out um, next year. Can you guys like do that, please? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, th that's the Can thing. Can we get that yeah. done? That was his comment. Was that nowadays they announce three movies when they just need to focus on one and do it just right. Just make one good movie yeah. and then worry about. So the I agree. hopefully Ryan Johnson does that. I would love it if he still throws in his smaller scale original films in between, but. Beyond being excited for Ryan Johnson, I'm actually I'm even more excited that J.J. Abrams is coming back 
to mm-hmm. round to finish off this this current Star Wars trilogy. That's another new development from last time we had a oh, podcast. Yeah, Colin Trevorrow is on board at the time to direct Episode Nine, nine the yep. final of the. He's the been saga. And he's been on board since like originally. Very quickly, depending on. What you read or what you heard, he was either removed or resigned from directing episode either way, nine. Either differences. way, they just split up. Thank God, and now we have J.J. Abrams coming yeah. back to take this sucker home. Yeah, bring it back, bring Creative it back differences. home, J.J. Disney thought J.J. should do it. Yeah, yeah. Colin yeah. disagreed. Yeah. <laughs> Creative differences. Disney went with J.J. Disney yeah. saw the book of Henry. Yeah. Oh boy. Anyways, uh, that being said, I loved uh, his that one movie with Audrey, Aubrey Plaza, Safety Not Guaranteed. Yeah, that was I good. That was small. That was a small, that was a small yeah, scale small film scale. before he was given Jurassic Park or Jurassic World. That's so Jurassic. Just last little tidbit on non Galaxy Quest sci fi news is we just got to touch on Blade Runner real quick oh, since our yeah, last was episode really was cool, deleted. Man. I just keep it in the same mindset of like what Ryan Johnson just did with the new new he, the biggest franchise with the next Star Wars. Yeah. yeah, Ridley Scott, who produced the newest Blade Runner twenty forty nine had the trust and know-how to bring in someone that he felt could handle the job of a sequel, in this case, Denis 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 Villeneuve, who has done Arrival, uh, Sicario, uh, Prisoners, just, uh, again, another great filmmaker. And is also, speaking of sci-fi, making the new Dune. Dune. Hachi, chachi, I'm wow. excited. That's rough. We should start cool. a podcast now for Dune. I bet yep. there's a million of those. <laughs> Let's go watch the Kyle McLaughlin yeah. movie. Uh, but just last, it's it's cool to see that sci-fi is now such an important part of film, uh, like just overall, that sci-fi movies are getting the trust of good directors. Highly too. esteemed, someone talented who, directors yeah, someone are who wanting who to do sci-fi Usually does films. like drama or you know small scale but really heartfelt good films now get to create these massive epic you know, sci-fi worlds that yeah. they would never get to do in like in the 90s or the 2000s. That wouldn't have happened. It's interesting to see the reaction to Star Wars versus Blade Runner 2049. Blade Runner 2049 was critically acclaimed. Incredible reviews. Audience reaction online was fine. For Blade Runner? For Blade it Runner. And then the box Ra- office yeah. was not good. It was enough to the point where they declared it like a, a, a failure. Yeah, they- but I, yeah. but I think what works about that is the it's getting good critic reviews and overall positive audience reviews, but just not that many people saw it because it's Blade Runner. Or not cared to go see it, I guess. Yeah, I just don't think that many people were familiar with the original film and weren't that excited about a new one because they just didn't know what it was. And Ryan Gosling, who's a hot actor, just didn't have that draw, I guess, that they probably originally thought. Well, I also, loved you know, it. it was absolutely like one it. of the most beautiful films I've ever seen in my life, and it was also almost three hours long. That was, was also part of the reason long. they said yeah. that <sighs> maybe you know people weren't wanting to sit down for almost a three-hour well, bleak why, existential. Yeah. I think that's why I got excited. I think they might have underestimated how many like geek nerds there really were out there maybe. for that, because yeah. in their brains are like, oh, this is perfect. A lot of people are going to want to see a long noir sci-fi film. I saw it twice. Exactly, yeah. but then those of us who do appreciate that did see it multiple times, yeah. and it's but much more was not as widely just accepted. The Blade Runner films, and this one in particular, is Blade Runner twenty forty nine, is much more specific and niche than a like populist Star Wars. Oh, like it's, it's geared yeah. towards a very specific yeah. crowd. And the direction they took it, which we were all stoked on, was even more <laughs> dark and somehow more noir and you know weird than the original, even. Yeah. And it, and it's funny when they, the they announced though. the runtime for that. I've, 
Austin and I get uh, really into run times for films, and I sometimes get frustrated if a movie's longer than 90 minutes. It needs to be a tight 90. Tight we, 90s we are love great. But like, shorter the better. Shorter the better in general, but when they- Sprawling sci-fi epics? Yeah. Oh, give me three. When they announced it was three. almost three hours, I was like, yes. I got so excited. I mean this in the best too possible short. sense, but what I like about Blade Runner is that I can put it on and fall asleep to it. Like, I love Blade Runner on in the background and just me taking a nap on the couch. And I see that being Blade Runner 2049. I can do that also. And I mean that in the best possible yeah. way. It's so it's comforting. Immer- like immersive. 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 That you're sucked into this and world the soundtrack and you just alone have it be ambient. And, and it, when you, yeah, and when you do dove in and out of sleep, you still have that vibe in your brain. You kind of dream about space sometimes blade runner yes blade runner puts me to sleep and i mean that in the best possible but we also (laughs) do watch it a lot yeah and pay attention yeah i've i've only ever made it through the original blade runner maybe one out of five (laughs) watches one out of five five. i just pass out i'm trained to i wanted to point out real fast um another sci-fi thing the reason that i think austin and i got into the podcast how did this get made um, yeah with paul Paul Shears. shears podcast was uh, we had and yeah, and they were all in uh, Disaster Artist. We can touch on yeah, that here were. in a second too. Great but movie. Austin and I had listened to it was maybe the first episode of How Did This Get Made that we ever listened to, and it was on the Will Smith movie. Oh, Your, uh, er, after Earth. After Earth. Earth. After Earth. And the How Did This Get Made was just so scathing against the movie and like confused about how this movie got made that we finally had to go watch the movie. We watched it afterwards, and it was an incredible experience. I've never <laughs> seen it. Oh, we How should watch feel? it for sure. Well, it's interesting. It's fun to listen to that episode of the podcast first, and then watch the and movie. then watch it because you, yeah, they are still so confused throughout their podcast talking about it. But then you watch it. But although they did have good thoughts about it, there's parts yeah, yeah. where they really did enjoy it, and those were definitely the best moments of the film. But overall, you're just confused. They're just it's, it's incomprehensible, bizarre, and, and it's weird, and Will doesn't Smith make any sense. And Jaden's. Vague commentary about uh, Scientology, their, maybe uh, Scientology, but also kind of about their own relationship, like father and son. Behind the scenes, like maybe they they were dealing with some shit, and this was their way of working yeah, it out it's on very screen. Bizarre. And you could, it was very clearly like an attempt to make Jaden more Absolutely. of a thing. They like, wanted to, all right, yeah. I'll be in it, but like you're <laughs> gonna have to do most of the stuff. And literally, yeah, there's multiple scenes where he's like handing it off to his son, like and you know, and you know who's gonna direct it. Let's yeah. get someone real hot right now. <laughs> yeah. M Night. And Someone who I remember when that good movies. I remember when that was coming out and you'd see trailers and I'm like, oh yeah, and then right at the end you'd be like, and M Night Shyamalan film. Like, but, but it was but almost it was an really afterthought. Small. Yeah, they wouldn't. They, that like, was a you're fucking hide. The twist is yeah. M Night directed. Yeah, the <laughs> twist is that you're kind of embarrassed. Which and now involved. and now M Night's back and he's crushing oh, he's it. Back. Yeah, and maybe yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just needed that paycheck to finance yeah. like Split and uh, the visit. The visit, yeah. I'm very worried. And now he's about back in gla- doing glass. I'm worried about the direction he's going to take. Mr. Glass, glass. Hey, is man. it just glass? I think, I think it's, it's called just glass. Called glass. I think it's a working title, but glass. That's kind of cooler than I guess Mr. Glass. The the f- biggest fear I have about that is because I recently watched Unbreakable again, and Unbreakable is so straightforward and earnest and dark and bleak. And since then, M. Night's latest, like his last several movies, have been very campy and very uh, like colorful and cheesy. Yeah. Something about him, like they're just a little bit off. I didn't actually see Split yet. It's it's good. It's a lot like The Visit, and like Alex is saying, it has like a weird cheesy vibe where it's kind of kind of funny, funny the whole time. Too, yeah. But even moments are like I don't know why I'm smiling, but it's just the way he filmed it. It seems like a like a. Not to sound mean, but it's like an amateur. You really don't know if it's Mm -hmm. good or not while you're watching it. Yeah, (laughs) and for someone who's had such a good career with film, 
like M Night. I mean, he's made good shit, like really good cinema. But then now he's making these like it feels like scale. it's all shot like on a shitty digital camera. Yeah. <laughs> like his camera angles are just kind of dumb. <laughs> <laughs> but but the visit and uh, split both I enjoyed the hell out of way more than his last five films. Yeah, yeah really but good. I enjoyed Unbreakable for an entire different. Because I enjoyed again, it, it because it was cinema. Yeah. It was a so I'm, good I'm curious movie. to see what direction he's going to take this because Split is a very oh sorry spoiler alert oh no I I, <laughs> I already that's I already know the <laughs> right. yeah. the twist for all our sorry listeners, listeners yeah. there is a connection between Split and Unbreakable and Split is a very different vibe and different movie than Unbreakable yeah, Unbreakable. yeah. I, mean, I would like to see how. He, combines those elements and probably butchers it. <laughs> oh, and then Paul Shear also, like we just said, was uh, in Disaster Artist. We all went and saw Disaster Artist. Phenomenal film. I, oh, I've been in the weeds in the Tommy Wiseau mythology yeah. for like a month. <laughs> yeah, if Watch you, The Room, if listen, you're listen to the audiobook yeah, of Disaster say, Artist. If you're listening to this podcast and you have not seen The Disaster Artist, but you're also not quite sh- familiar with The Room and the story, definitely listen to the audiobook called The Disaster Artist. Watch the room, then go see the new movie, and you will be totally submerged into. Yeah, I can't decide if you should watch the room first and then listen to the audio. I think okay, my I would say Mm. the room, the movie, yeah, the disaster artist audio book, the the disaster artist film, the disaster artist book talks so much specific about About specific scenes in the room. That's true. That it'll really help if you have the context of seeing the scenes. Because it's mostly like a behind-the-scenes look at the making of the room, so it, it'd be like listening to this podcast without seeing the movie Galaxy, Galaxy Quest. <laughs> <laughs> Even though we no haven't one would said Galaxy Quest <laughs> yeah. in like twenty-five minutes, uh, <clears throat> but like it's it's a very it paints a better picture if you do movie book movie. True, true. I think uh, Disaster Art- Disaster Artist may have been the the feel-good movie of the year for me. That Maybe, was, man. It, was, it I, made it's me been smile. a long year, and I don't remember half the movies I saw because. Yeah. <laughs> I just forgot they came out this year. Yeah. But it was so fun. Well, hop back over to science fiction talk. We talked about the new Star Wars. In the meantime, this past year, there's also been a TV show that I almost thought was the new Galaxy Quest when it was first announced, and that was Seth MacFarlane's Orville. I think uh, a lot of the articles we saw popping up, and I mean, aesthetically, it's, you know, it takes its cue from Star Trek, Star Trek Next Generation. And even Galaxy Quest, as far as like a uh, medium budget looking sci fi show set on a starship. So yeah. everyone was like, oh, then Seth MacFarlane is going to be funny. So it'll be like Galaxy Quest. And I was pretty skeptical going in. I'm not a big Seth MacFarlane fan. Like his movies, I've kind of chuckled at Ted. That Western was terrible. Western was real bad. Um, I don't love Family Guy or any of the animated shows. One Million Ways to Die in the West. Yeah. That was the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And I, so I was, you know, I went into it very skeptical. The first episode, I was like, yeah, okay, I don't know, man. It's just like a goofy sitcom on a starship, like maybe. And by like episode three or four, I was like, I'm fucking in. This is the new Star Trek. It's just like watching Star Trek. This is great. They're actually telling stories that are emotional and weird and sciency, and it's not just about, you know, Seth MacFarlane jokes. Albeit, they're in there. If you thought Seth MacFarlane's The Orville was obviously a little bit inspired by sci-fi comedy movie Galaxy Quest, well, you'd be absolutely wrong. That's right. This is from Digital Spy. I pulled this article up a little bit ago because, as we had mentioned, when Orville was announced, it looked like Galaxy quest Every journalist said, like Galaxy Quest. And Seth MacFarlane made it a point just recently to say, was 
was he inspired by Galaxy Quest, the 1999 film? He said, shockingly, no. So yeah, I all, recommend it. Check yeah, it out. It's just funny that that literally, the Orville came out literally as a brand new Star Trek TV show came out yeah, as well. Yeah, same time. And you're just like, well, I, you know, bad timing or good timing, I don't know. But uh, but that also speaks to what we were talking about. Sci-fi, like people want shows people want on content. a starship. They want They want space kind of content. Yeah, so let's, sure. let's get working on that uh, green light in that Galaxy Quest TV show, Amazon. Yep, they're Quit working on your it. feet. You relate to the game. And uh, speaking of Star Trek, there is a Star Trek show as well. Discovery. RJ. Star Trek Discovery. A resident um, Star Trek expert. What do you have to say about it? I don't love what CBS did as far as rolling out the show. It was on, The premiere was on CBS on television, but it was launching their streaming service called CBS All Access, which is terrible. It, I like I don't know unless you love the Big Bang Theory like why the fuck would you buy it, it has all the same like movies as Hulu yeah it has like why are you paying for this what's on CBS so it was a funny. lot of movies Whose a lot of shows are buying this a lot of shows with Tom Selleck I would imagine uh, yeah you got your Blue after, Bloods or whatever he's on now after you telling me the fiasco it is to watch the new Star Trek so you have to get that uh, they made it hard man yeah it's you have like to get on the CBS feed. yeah so I was, it, w- it did not come out like Netflix all at once it was a weekly show yeah so you have to buy this thing I was like, I uh, think I'm still paying for it. I was at a coffee shop in our area, Logan Square, which is a very hipster. So you would think it would be someone that would be open to sci-fi. And I heard a friend telling his other friend, he was like, so how have you been watching? He goes, well, I had to get on this CBS All Access. Like, I have to pay. I did a free trial, but then they kept giving me free trials. But I've been watching on there the whole time in my brain. I'm like, oh, he's talking about the new Star Trek show. Almost chimed in. I almost was like, hey, you know, my buddy's going through the same thing. What do you think of the show? And then he goes... And then his other buddy goes, so what do you think of it? He goes, well, it's not as funny as Big Bang Theory. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was like, oh, my God, he's talking about the Sheldon show. Young Sheldon. Young Sheldon. And his buddy had signed up so that he could watch Young Sheldon. Oh, man. And I was like, whoa, hachi-chachi, different vibe than I thought The thing about Big Bang Theory is I think parents think that Big Bang Theory is what nerds are like maybe like yeah. Big, yeah, I, the only I, people that would watch big bang theory that i know of are parents, are parents or grandparents parents the, but i do think there's probably a, a bigger culture maybe a little bit younger that also might view nerds like that too still yeah though. maybe like isn't quite sure or maybe there's not around that culture i enough. just don't know who big bang and maybe the target I mean, audience is for some that people show. just like consumable sitcoms true like but maybe they like superheroes too I make I, references. Yeah, I do think that that type, you know, that view of a, of the nerd that's in Big Bang Theory was like the way people view nerds like in the '90s. Yeah, like when they would now. beat them up and they're shove all, them in a locker. They're all that scientists and love anymore. comic books, but they're also scientists. Yeah, and then you're like, oh yeah, everybody loves comics now. Like that. I mean, that's just a thing. Like people are way more accepting. Long story short, and a lot we, less people are scientists. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. We've got every episode of Big Bang Theory DVR'd by my mom at home, just waiting for us. Next time we I go might home. have said this before, but I did one time at your parents' house watch the entirety of The Big Bang Theory Season 2 in a day. <laughs> oh, Jesus. That's Just a long day. It was relaxing, though. My brain didn't have to work at all. <laughs> uh, but So the new Star Trek Discovery, you know, get a free trial and bang it all out because it's out now. But I really thought it was cool and enjoyable. It does take more of the vibe of the new films, uh, the JJ-inspired film universe. And it's more of a continuous story arc than, say, your normal Star Trek episodic shows that it's like Monster of the Week type stuff. Mm. But it's very sleek, very cool. The design is rad. The new characters are pretty interesting. 
the it's strange that the first two episodes are almost like a mini movie and then the ship discovery and everything comes in episode three gotcha so it's kind of like let's introduce you to this main character and a couple things and where the federation is at Mm because it is set like 10 years before kirk so it's 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 kind of a it's the same time frame as star trek the original series but like even a little before it would pick up Michelle Michelle Yeoh is in the Michelle Yeoh is in the first couple episodes. Oh, she's not a she's the captain of the first ship. Um I forget the name. But then Jason Isaacs is the captain of Discovery. Gotcha. Uh, Jason Isaacs from Harry Potter and The Patriot. Michelle Yeoh of Patri- Tomorrow Never Dies fame. Michelle Yeoh of Tomorrow Wait, Never Dies. And The Patriot from Mel Gibson's. Yeah, he's the, the bad guy in mm. Mel Gibson's The Patriot. He's the British officer who's oh, like I know a you're fucking about, yeah. crazy evil. Yeah. He's really good. The He's Patriot. in the OA on Netflix, which was I liked mm, yeah. a lot. But yeah, it's a great show. It's uh, it got a season two, so I'm really interested to see what they do going forward. And Orville was re- Orville renewed also for renewed. Two. So like, sci-fi is hot, man. Sci-fi they, is they aren't hot. just making these and getting them canceled. And ladies and gentlemen, we'll keep you updated on Star Trek with any exclusive breaking news regarding Quentin Tarantino's R-rated take on Star Trek in the future. Story idea that Paramount and JJ are like, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, the more we hear about that, I feel like we can commit because a episode to Star Trek Four, they did release that they were gonna be making it, and it's the premise is that the current Chris Pine crew somehow meet George Kirk. Which is uh, Thor, fucking Chris Hemsworth from yeah. the first oh, movie. Yeah. Like oh, a they're weird, going back. They to said that there's time. like a weird time thing, and mm. Kirk's gonna meet his dad somehow. I also I was telling Alex uh, in regards to the new Tarantino idea for a Star Trek film. Patrick Stewart's already come out and said he wants to be involved in some capacity. That he would, if yeah, asked. like if asked, he would. Good would that I, be cool? Oh my gosh, rated R Star a Trek rated Tarantino R, with just, Patrick Stewart. Do you know what? Oh. Give me Tarantino's next gen movie. Like get the cast of next gen. Oh, get so him to the great. gym. Yeah. Give him the Star Wars treatment. We had the chance to go see Patrick Stewart in person. We've done that, too, since we recorded? That's, oh, that's my God. Right. That may have been featured on the last episode as well, but we had the chance to go see Patrick Stewart receive an award from Sir the Patrick. Chicago Sir Patrick International Stewart Film, Film Festival. Festival. Mm. And um, it was incredible. We watched, we watched uh, it was a retrospective of all of his films, so there was a bunch of clips from his films, and he was down front with Michael Phillips, a Chicago Tribune reviewer, and um, then there was a Q&A, and we got, you know, it was moderated, and it was awesome to hear Sir Patrick Stewart talking. He spent most of the time, surprisingly, talking about not just Star Trek, but Logan, all the Logan, X-Men movies, yeah. and Logan in particular. Yeah, well, I mean, you, really when you look at his career, his I mean, he's definitely most noticeable on a broad scale for Star Trek mm-hmm. and Professor X-Men. X, yeah. yeah, even though he's a Shakespearean actor and yeah. been in so much. But they definitely that. devoted a lot of time to Logan because I guess that's his newest film. Well, I guess he had, he had was Green Room after that. Green Room was before Logan. Logan, I think, was his most recent release, so they really dived into it, and because it's just such an incredible performance. Yeah, it's worth talking about. But my highlight, beyond just him talking about those movies and those roles that meant meant so much to all of us, was his overall vibe and outlook on life. On life was so inspiring. He was just such a positive guy, and kept kind of reinforcing like following your dreams and like just. You know, doing what makes you happy, like that's all that matters, and you're like, ah, oh, this felt great. But you know, that's coming from a successful paid actor, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so and guy who needs to who get could just follow his yeah. Dream when people talk about following, he your, already your dreams he already at got that age. You're like, all right, well, listen, like, you've you've had he a did lot the work though. It's you know, oh, absolutely. He's just saying like, yeah, if you do the work, yeah. you could be me, maybe. Real positive guy, yeah. really. And to paraphrase one one of the anecdotes he told when he had signed on for Logan. 
the most recent Wolverine movie with Hugh Jackman, he had not officially decided that he was going to retire as Professor Xavier character. At, up to that point, he still thought he would maybe in some more X-Men movies after Logan. But he sat next to Hugh Jackman at a screening of Logan at the premiere. It was like the premiere, yeah. yeah. And as the end of Logan gets very emotional, it's very uh, pretty, pretty heart-wrenching. Heart-wrenching. Uh, him and Hugh Jack, he noticed that Hugh Jackman was crying next to him. He was getting tears in his eyes. They ended up holding hands together. Sir Patrick Stewart began crying, and they cried as the movie ended, and Sir Patrick Stewart made his decision right there that that was going to be his last yeah, Professor Xavier he said performance. The next, next day at a news news press conference, he announced that he would he was No, done. he was done. He said yeah. that was the perfect ending. Uh, he had great respect for Hugh Jackman. They had been in all the X Men movies together. Mm-hmm. I guess they were two, you know, two of the original ones from seventeen yeah. years ago. Yeah. And yeah. this was their final movie together, and it was very, very oh. touching. About start, we about start crying. Yeah, we we crying all did cry. The theater man. Hey, Logan's on HBO. I might just go watch. That I again. own it. I remember I bought it <laughs> to get oh, yeah. Logan Noir. Noir. Ooh, ooh. If you haven't seen Logan Noir, listeners, it's black and it's white. a black and white version, and it is a beautiful. Adventure to watch. All right, so to summarize, you need to watch <laughs> yeah. Star Wars 8, Logan, Logan Noir. And Galaxy uh, Quest. The, or- the Orville, Star Trek Discovery. Blade Runner. Blade Runner 2049. 2049. You need to listen. Three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. <laughs> you need to listen to How Did uh, get This Get Made. How Did This Get Made. Blank the Check with Griffin artist, and David. The, room. the Disaster Artist. The book, the movie, and also the movie The Room. And while you're at it, squeeze in the tight 1990. Wait, how long is Galaxy Quest? It's not it's, much longer than a 90, it's, right? It's just over 90. I think it's, it's like one. Why don't I know this offhand? And while, anyway. you're in, while you're at it, don't forget to look up Tim oh Allen's tweet from August 16, 2017, the day before Galaxy Quest TV show oh was God, announced. I didn't read this. He tweeted the question at 11.10 p.m. on August 15, 2017. If we evolved from apes, why are there still apes? And with that, I think we wrap. And this we wrap episode. it up. Oh man! Well, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, RJ, where can they check us out? Uh, but you can find us on the old internet on Twitter at bghpod, bghpod, on Facebook at bghpodcast, bghpodcast.tumblr.com, which you know you can skip that one. Maybe I don't know how Tumblr works, <laughs> yeah, and I don't know t- if anybody uses still it. Use Tumblr? I think we need other it than for like some well, reason. what's that Im- image boards when they like imager. Imager? Is that yeah, it's that? like oh. IMG. Oh, I read it uses it oh, a lot. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, BGHpodcast at gmail.com for questions, concerns, Galaxy Quest haikus, uh, what you thought about Star Wars 8, because I'm genuinely interested. And we will now end with our traditional Galaxy Quest haiku. Paul Shear writes the show. Tim Allen evolved from apes. Go see Star Wars now. Never give up. Never surrender. Don't forget to buy a Galaxy Quest t-shirt.